Hello, welcome to this week's Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast. We are coming to you after a rare FA Cup success. Not that rare this year, though, because it's the second of 2020, of course, winning 2-1 at Burnley. Also coming to you on Future Radio 107.8 FM, I am your host, Dave Freezer, and I'm joined by, as ever, Paddy Davitt, Connor Southwell, Tony Thrussell. Uh, it's not on purpose that we've got Pink teeing up the Pinken podcast, but it's a nice... Uh, coincidence? Dave, I think Tony's making hand signals. He wants to sing along to this tune. <laughs> in, in your own time. Teeing up. Paddy Dabbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll be waiting a long time, my friend. Well, he's cheered up now. He's just been moaning about cream eggs being smaller. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. no. That is Bit of a disgrace, isn't that it? That is really? disgraceful. <laughs> Cadbury should hang their head in shame. That's appalling. Unbelievable. But if they want to send us some, that's fine. Uh, but teeing up the start of the pod we want to say hello to our Finnish audience because we've got some new stats through about the uh, show this week and traditionally uh, the US is our second biggest listenership but Finland thanks to Mr Pookie no doubt has uh, moved into second place uh, of course mainly our listenership is in in the UK but uh, and Tony you worked in Finland for a bit as well so you're going to welcome our Finnish listeners to the show aren't you Moi Mitakulu which means, hi, how are you? Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that's I've got, what it I've got means. One more as well, Olet Kaunas, which is you are beautiful. <laughs> all all our listeners are beautiful, need. Tony. That's all they need to know, <laughs> or need to answer. Excellent. So, well, thank you very much for listening. If you are in Finland or anywhere in the world, in fact, while we're on it, we always enjoy if you want to drop a message to the Ping and Twitter account. Let us know where you're listening from. Any any listeners from Ulu, that's where I was in Finland. That's North Finland. So any listeners from there, shout out to them. What were you doing? You were working on something to do with football as well when you were in Finland, weren't you? Yeah, uh, they would be Kakkonen, uh, which is third tier, right. second division, because you've got Premier, Premiership, which is Vekosliga, and then Ukkonen, uh, which is the first division, championship. Kakkonen, basically Uksikaksi, one, two. I do know quite a bit, actually. Um, yeah, club, I have no idea what you just said. The club was JS Hercules, who are in the Kakanen. And, uh, yeah, it's based in Ulu. Um, they're probably... Because one club went out of business, so they're now the second biggest team in Ulu, behind Arce Ulu. There you go. Right, well, welcome Finnish listeners. And we, we do appreciate you listening. But let's talk Turf more. let's talk Burnley. We, we sort of travelled up this weekend... Not really in hope or anything, really, didn't we? We just sort of thought, let's hope for something good to talk about. Connor will back me here. I said they'd win. You I did? did say they'd win. And I was. Did, yeah, I, I, did. Did. I didn't want to replay, that's all I didn't want. Yeah, Same massively. Burnley. <laughs> but Burnley didn't want to replay the way they played that last 20 minutes. We did get new surroundings, though. New, new stay. Yep, we uh, ditched Stoke as our overnight stay last night and we um, stayed near Doncaster. And uh, I think. It, it wasn't bad, was it? It's going to stay in the running for, for future overnight stays. Given, given they've won now, I think it's luck, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, it's have luck. we won you can't, a game? can't suddenly change it. Have we won a game when we've stayed at Stoke? Yeah, Everton. And I, rem- I remember I went for a run on the morning of the Everton game as well. Now, I haven't since. So um, <laughs> maybe we're being a little bit over, <laughs> over superstitious. But uh, there we go. Norwich are in the fifth round of the FA Cup for just the second time in 13 seasons. Uh, Plenty of changes on both sides. Daniel Farker made seven. Sean Dyche made five for Burnley. And 
Paddy, if I come to you first, uh, just overall on the game, it would have been a bit of a travesty if Norwich didn't win, given how many chances they had. Yeah, I mean, double figures again. And my fear at half-time when they went in nil-nil was we've been here before, as in so many chances created, and inevitably they haven't taken them. And you feared then that Burnley couldn't, couldn't be as bad as they were, which is no disrespect on Norwich, but I thought they were very lax in a tempo from them was very poor um, and Daniel Farker mentioned that, that that was the message he gave to the boys at half time that don't expect Burnley to be as sort of uh, compliant as they were but fair play because we've seen it go the other side notably Wolves Sheffield United at Cow Road that first 10 or 15 after half time it was Norwich who came out of the blocks went 1-0 Grant Hanley 2-0 Dermich um, and okay they got one back but thereafter I've didn't really feel Norwich were under any pressure at all it was uh, a reasonably comfortable passage to the fifth round and that's not a place they've been too often before in the last 13 seasons so a lot of changes but I still felt it was a step forward in the context of where they've been in the last month or so which is nice cohesive um, confident almost and uh, ultimately the difference today was obviously they got the result and unfortunately for the Premier League scenario there was no points at stake but for me, it's another positive step forward, and uh, yeah, let's see what the draw brings Monday night. Connor, could you just pull up on your phone uh, the story that I've done for our website about the fifth round draw, because that's got the list of teams. So we're recording on Saturday night, just to set the scene, as we have done uh, a few times now. We're at Blythe Services, back near uh, Don Doncaster, sort of way on the on the A1, uh, on our way back to Norfolk on, on Saturday night. So all the FA Cup ties for the weekend haven't been played yet, but. Uh, we know Norwich will be uh, number 11 in Monday night's draw, which is at the weird time of 7.19pm for some reason. Uh, and it'll be on the one show on BBC One, which of course I'm sure you don't, you never miss, just like me. I watch it every night. Uh, but Connor, let's j- just run us through who Norwich potentially could get at this stage. Yes, yeah, so you said we're, we're recording on Saturday, so Tranmere Manchester United, of course, uh, yet to play. I think Chelsea beat Hull in the end, didn't they? So, yeah, did, yeah. Um, so it'll be Tranmere Manchester United, Chelsea, uh, Southampton or Tottenham, Sheffield Wednesday, Bournemouth or Arsenal, Northampton or Derby, Leicester City, Sheffield United, Reading or Cardiff, uh, West Brom, Coventry or Birmingham, Manchester City or Fulham, Newcastle or Oxford, Portsmouth, and finally Shrewsbury Town or Liverpool. Right, so... There's plenty of interesting potential ties in there and plenty of difficult ties in there, uh, potentially. Um, of course, we'll have the news for you straight away at pinkin.com with all the uh, details you need to know. That will be, as things stand, will be between the Leicester home game on Friday night, which I think is the 28th of February, and then the away game at Sheffield United the following Saturday. So it's the first week of March. It'll be midweek and uh, there will not be a replay. Um, from this stage onwards, it goes straight to extra time. Uh, Tony, what are you laughing at? Well, you've just said it's sandwiched between those games. You know what's going to happen. Sheffield Wednesday away in the Cup, then Sheffield United away yeah. a few days well, later. That, that's what's going to happen. Sheffield's not too bad, is it? It's quite an easy journey from Norfolk. I don't know, it's, what, three hours? But, yeah, but the other thing is that Leicester could still get in the League Cup final. Um, so that game on the Friday night, uh, the weekend before the FA Cup tie, um, could yet be postponed. So we, we shall see, uh, but one step at a time. Uh, just nice to um, have some FA Cup enjoyment to, to to enjoy because as we were saying in the car that by the time the first week of March rolls round Norwich will have played a, a few more games and we will probably know their fate by that point. Yeah, I think it keeps the season exciting for, for 
well, a couple a couple of months now because there's there's something to look forward to. Uh, well, dependent on, on on probably the draw as well, because if that's a, an away game at Anfield, then I don't think that's that's going to go down too well. Um, but but yeah, I think to to sort of repeat what Paddy said, it's today continued the the increase in confidence and increase in um, cohesion. I think as we've seen in, in Norwich City performances, Tottenham was was very good. Um, albeit saxophone solo. <laughs> 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 what better way to compliment my dulcet tones? Um, no, Tottenham, Tottenham was was very good, albeit they they didn't get the points that perhaps their, their performance deserved. Uh, Bournemouth, of course, they won, and so so I think this caps off a, a really good week in terms of performances. Maybe maybe less so in terms of points. Obviously, this was a cup game, but um, it it just helps with momentum, I think, especially when they've got to go to St James's Park next week. And again, we were speaking in the car about how big a game that is, and. It does feel pretty massive in, in, in terms of uh, their hopes for Premier League survival, particularly given the run they have uh, leading up to that FA Cup fifth round tie. But if it's a home tie, which hopefully it is, um, then I think Norwich will fancy their chances. And I suppose the, the other side of that is if their fate is pretty much sealed at that point, then it gives Daniel Farker an opportunity to, to really go for it in the FA Cup and play a strong team. I think what I would say about today, and it's probably a compliment to the Norwich players that are out there, is that although they made what was it seven changes, mm. that they didn't really look like a team that had made seven changes. I think Burnley looked a little bit clunky. Um, uh, there were a few rusty performances in there individually, but I think as a team, in terms of structure and uh, and the way they played, was was probably quite positive actually. So yeah, pl- plenty to be cheerful about. Um, uh, of course, as we look ahead to Newcastle next week. Yeah. So in the last seven games including the FA Cup that's what three wins two draws two defeats so you know, that's that's not bad form overall really <laughs> one of them is against Preston and again I did feel like today was similar to Preston in the way that it certainly wasn't the intensity of a Premier League game was it it was uh, you could feel that there wasn't a tension in the game the, the, the players were just able to sort of go all out attack. There was loads of chances in the game, wasn't there? But let's take a step back to the team then, as far as Norwich is concerned. Those seven changes. Ralph Fairman comes in in goal. Sam Byron switches to right back. Hanlin Zimmerman continue in central defence as he expected. And Jamal Lewis coming in at left back. Uh, Tom Tribal and Mario Vrancic start in central midfield. Lucas Rupp continues on the right wing. Marcus Stiefman comes into the number 10 role. Onel Hernandez on the left wing. And Josip Dermic finally gets his first start. And uh, anybody really sort of... When, as we start to turn our attentions to Newcastle and that big game in the Premier League, anybody really that came in who you can see sort of pushing their way into that starting eleven? No, not for this week, coming weekend. Now, obviously, at this stage, we don't know how Eric Buendia will pull up and whether he'll be available. If he's not, then I think... What we've seen from today again, I think following on from Tottenham, is Lucas Rupp will do a job for you down the right hand side. Not saying he's a similar player, he definitely isn't a similar player to Buendia, but I thought we saw a little bit more of him in an attacking sense against Burnley. Yeah. Um, neat and tidy. Uh, and on the same wavelength, when Duda came on as well, and Dermich, I thought he seemed to understand what he was trying to do in terms of stretching the play in the second half. So, no, I don't, I don't think necessarily. Um, subject to fitness uh, that, that you'd knock out any of the lads who maybe were on duty at Tottenham for example the last Premier League game um, but for, for Daniel Farker particularly as well I think what you'll find in the interim and he touched on this after the United game is the competition level goes up a notch now because you've got minutes into Dermich 
Ralph Farman played his first game in a long time and made one very good save from Jay Rodriguez early on and, and, and couldn't really be blamed for the goal. Uh, Mario Vrancic has come back again and shown what he's all about today. So there's, there's fringe players, if you, if you want to call them that, and not try and be too derogatory, will have got a few minutes under their belt. And I think you'll see that edge in training during the week now, um, alongside the fact that there'll be a feel-good factor around the place. Uh, and that can only be healthy moving into that Newcastle game, I think. OK. Just to emphasise how many chances there were in the, in the first half, uh, I normally, on my laptop, just make notes um, for my video verdict, which goes on our websites and on YouTube. And I just try to stick to the big moments because, obviously, I don't have time to go for a whole match report. But this was the first half notes that I made. First minute, Dermich wide. Second minute, Dermich Barber offside. Sixth minute, Fairman denies Rodriguez. Thirteenth, Fairman parries Brady shot behind. Fifteenth minute, Tarkowski denies Byram off the line. Seventeenth minute, Joe Hart denies Onel Hernandez. Twenty-third minute, Tarkowski denies Vrancic. Twenty-seventh, Hart denies Rupp. Thirty-first, Tarkowski clips the bar with a header. Thirty-seventh, Dermich blasts just wide. That was all significant moments in the first half. It was ridiculous that it was nil-nil and that Norwich weren't in the lead. But the one that I think we talked about most since we've left the ground, Tony, is, is that opening one just seconds in for Josip Dermich. He really didn't take a, a, a great chance there, did he? Yeah, it's almost one of those where people say it, the chance came too early, almost as if he wasn't expecting to be through with a chance like that mm. within nine seconds. I mean, whether we would finish it <laughs> that early in the <laughs> game I don't know but I mean we all were kind of shocked that he didn't get yeah. it on target at least um, you'd back Pookie to score that and didn't someone ask in your live blog about Ida if he would have put that away yeah someone asked me to look look into my crystal ball <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you have to say based on the Preston performance you think Ida probably would have put that away so as you say perhaps it just came so early for Dermich that he wasn't ready but given that he's a Switzerland international and stuff to not even test the keeper when he's played played through like uh, clean through like that is is poor um, the one when he hit the bar was offside anyway so I suppose we can kind of overlook that one but the rest of those chances uh, in in that first half kind of that they they had to be taken didn't they I, I guess Byram's one off the line the biggest one yeah I, I think so I mean I'm, I'm amazed Sam Byram hasn't scored a goal for Norwich City some of the chances he's had this season but no I mean I, mean, I, 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 tweet, I tweeted at half time in, in terms of um, what it was like I mean Norwich have almost followed a pattern in terms of their first half performances uh, in some cases they've actually got a, an opening goal and, and have failed to get that second goal but today it was uh, in, in the first half at least really struggling to get that first goal and it, it just kind of seemed to match with the pattern of, of this season or, or particularly December where, where we saw a lot of that of, of Norwich playing well in the first half creating a lot of chances perhaps scoring a goal and then the second half completely collapsing and, and conceding um, and, and almost losing ground in the game and, and, and that was kind of the pattern this was following but fortunately they, one thing they did have in their favour all afternoon is they looked really lively on the counter-attack um, and, and I think that Rupp helped that because he, he did offer Maybe not raw pace, but he certainly offered energy, um, which which perhaps he, he showed a willingness to, to go and support Dermich and go and support Steepman. Um, Hernandez as well is, is always lively with the ball at his feet and, and is able to progress it up the pitch. So, um, yeah, it, it was an in, it was an interesting one. Uh, I, I was kind of expecting a similar pattern, as I said, of, of, of what we would see in the second half, but thankfully it didn't transpire that way but but yeah to some of those chances I mean James Tarkovsky I thought was brilliant today in, in terms of his defensive duty and fairness 
Um, they, were, they needed two of him, didn't they? <laughs> yes, they did, yeah. Uh, I think it's fair to say Kevin Long certainly wasn't in the same category. But yeah, there was Byram off the line. Uh, there was Pukki off the line, wasn't there, as well, late on in, in stoppage time, um, which I, I think was Tarkovsky as well. So he was... He was Brilliant, and, and sometimes you have to you have to praise defenders. But yeah, I, I think if that was a Premier League game, and if there were points on the line, then Norwich would certainly have, have hoped to have converted probably two, if not three, of those chances because they fall into the category of being clear cut. I think. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's something we've been speaking about far too much. This uh, sort of middle third of the season, uh, they have missed far too many chances. I mean, Tottenham, of course. We're, um, we'll have a quick reflection on that before we close the show because um, obviously that was midweek and we haven't had the chance to talk about that on the pod. But um, let's talk about the goals. Um, they do get uh, going. Grant Hanley heads in a brilliant free kick from Mario Vrancic, curling in, out muscles long, I think it was, yeah. wasn't it? And uh, proper centre-back's header, really. What we, what we've been not seen enough of really probably you could argue for most of Daniel Farker's time but for Hanley his first of the season uh, his first since August 2018 during the uh, 4-3 home defeat to West Brom in the championship at the start of last season so um, that is an important thing that needs to happen now isn't it for, for other players to take some of that goal dependency off Pookie oh, Absolutely yeah no two ways about it um, because I think it's unrealistic to expect that man just to solely and, and, and he's not available at the minute but Buendia does need to step up and if he does then he then goes from potential to, to really really blossoming Premier League player and Hernandez you touched on him he's not offered enough um, you know going across midfield areas McLean Tete all of them really so in that Environment. If you've got a centre back who can do what Grant Hanley did, there, brilliant header. Just the desire and the appetite to go and meet that ball. A predatory striker's type of instinct, and uh, Joe Hart wasn't going to be stopping that because I mean, when he connected, he was only about seven, eight yards out. And uh, Paul Chester, our photographer, has got brilliant frames of that. You know, he's he towered above two or three Burnley players there, and uh, that was always going going in the back of the net great ball from Mario very rare as well how often are we talking about Norwich scoring from set pieces that's a facet that they haven't been good enough at in the Premier League um, and then as I say the important thing for me because we have definitely haven't seen this often enough is they got the first one how often have they got their noses in front this time around they got a second one um, and by getting that ultimately that's what's got them over the line that seems like an app moment to bring in a bit of audio from Norwich City captain Grant Hanley. We spoke to him after the game uh, to get his reaction to how it felt to be back on the back on the score sheet. No, you know we set our, our standards every day and it doesn't matter whether we're training or we're, we're in the league or we're in the cup. We've um, we've got our standards and that's the standards that we need to meet and the, the demands we need to make on ourselves and I think you know today today was no difference and I think the biggest thing from today is probably um, you know we take confidence with that but we can take confidence in our, our character as well because you know, we played here in the league and it wasn't a nice experience. We, I don't know why I say it, but you maybe say we, we got bullied a wee bit. Um, but I'd say today, you know, we were we showed up and we, we won our individual battles and then we earned the right to play our football. Was that's that? the biggest thing for me, that we earned the right to play and then we went on and played our our style of football and we dominated the game. You were all keen to sort of help take the pressure off the team a bit up front as well with, with goals from the rest of the team? No, I think so. It's, you know, it's something that... We should do better at really, you know, especially with the the if we set plays the quality we've got and the you know, look at Mario's deliveries, you know, it's sent to none. Um so we should we should be doing better and you know it's nice to get a start and you know hopefully we can start chipping them in more. How did it feel to score the West Brom game, wasn't it, August twenty eighteen last time? It's been it's been a while. 
Um, and like I said, scoring at that end, but from those fans, it gave me a bit of stick. It was, it was nice. So FA kept fifth round there in midweek now, no more replays, but um, I guess you just want to go as far as you can and enjoy this competition. No, of course. You know, it's um, especially when you get into the, into the later rounds, you know, it, it's a good feeling and, it, and like I said at this stage of the season it gives you a bit of confidence to, to kick on and um, you know we want to go as far as we can um, and that's the way it is and I think the most important things like I said we'll, we've set our standards and whatever we're in we're, we're going to give it all So yeah that's what Grant Hanley had to say after the game. He was getting booze before kickoff as well, wasn't he? Because he's a former Blackburn player, so there was uh, quite a bit of satisfaction. Um, Tony, that game at Newcastle next week. Um, I mean, you you sort of um, you do follow Newcastle as well, don't you? So. You you are, and of course he used to play. Tell by the accent. (laughs) You can tell. um, Sorry, Hanley used to play for the club, didn't he? So he's going to be fired up for that one, and particularly because. And that will be the last game before Ben Godfrey comes back from his suspension. So if Hanley can add goals, then that really adds a sort of fresh decision to, to what Daniel Farker's got to weigh up once Godfrey's back. Because we did see against Bournemouth how important Ben is to the passing game, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, that's one thing Norwich haven't had this season, is goals from anywhere really other than Cantwell and Pookie. So you throw in a centre-back. Newcastle are a good example. They had a spell where like nine out of ten of their goals in a row were all from the centre-backs because they, they play three at the back so if Norwich had Hanley chipping in with five a, a season or Godfrey five a season that, that's what you want isn't it because there's nothing sweeter than winning one nil from a centre-back nodding in from a corner is there really <laughs> Sean Chelsea used to do it all the time Sean Dyche would agree yeah, yeah. Uh, the EDP editor Dave Powells would very much agree I can assure you because he is a rugged centre back <laughs> having played uh, football alongside David quite a few times um the one that always stands out in my mind in those terms is Christoph Zimmerman at Millwall last season that was a real powerful yeah proper proper header so so what you're saying is Florian Lejeune's overhead kick for Newcastle that's what Hanley's got to do well if, if he did that then um, we've all got to do something I think if he scored an overhead kick against Newcastle Connor's got to do a Jaeger bomb not a punch <laughs> <laughs> but just on Hanley he's we said that Liverpool was his chance that early yeah, stage yeah. that was his, his final chance to sort of get in there and then um he obviously picked up an injury, then he came back. But he already had the injury as well, didn't he, at yeah. that point? He was sort of inhibited. So I think this might be the third time we've said this season that <laughs> this is his chance to grasp mm. the shirt for the rest of the season. So hopefully, maybe luck will fall his place. Yeah, I, I'll just follow on that. I, I think since he's, he's been back from injury, actually, he's, he's been pretty impressive. I, I think he can probably consider himself a bit hard done by that he was dropped for that Bournemouth game. because Daniel said something similar to that as well, Absolutely, didn't he? yeah. And I, I think if... And, and this is my personal opinion but I certainly think if, if you compare perhaps the impact that he's made since he's come back from injury can, and, and compare that to perhaps the one that Zimmerman has made I'd, I'd probably say there's an argument to say Hanley's, Hanley's contributed a bit more um, and yeah it was nice today because he gave Norwich a presence in both boxes which they haven't really had particularly defending set plays but, but equally attacking them I mean it, it, let's be frank it was a game that suited him because he, he could use his physicality he could um, pretty much get an arm wrestle with Chris Wood and, and use his physical dominance he obviously likes to win those those um, duels airily I thought, I thought he was tremendous today um, and, and I think he's been pretty good since he's come back actually and I think that's that's a testament to him really because he's, he's had a lot of criticism and a lot of um, 
people and, and probably us as well probably point out his, his limitations more than his strengths and I think today certainly highlighted his strengths for me yeah I think that's that's fair enough um, but so that's 1-0 51st minute 6 minutes later they make it 2-0 uh, all of a sudden things are, uh, are looking pretty cushy uh, Joe Hart denies uh, Lucas Rupp after another really nice delivery from Vrancic from the left uh, Rupp looks like he's hooked it over him but Hart claws it away and it falls perfectly for Josip Dermic to get a, a confidence boosting goal uh, only his second in Norwich colours and in his first start but overall I think it's probably fair to say Paddy he was reasonably rusty wasn't he yeah, he looked like a, a lad who needed game time just to bring that sharpness into his play. I thought he did actually. I thought he did quite a lot of good things, particularly how he was dropping deeper in the first half and, and giving the centre backs a problem. And a couple of lovely balls he, he slipped into the overlapping Byram. In fact, I think the the one that was cleared off the line, he, he was pivotal to that move. So he's definitely got quality. I mean, you don't. I mean, the reality is he's at Norwich because he's had some chronic setbacks through injury, and that's limited a career which looked to be heading to the very top in the early tw- in his early 20s look at the clubs he was linked with look at the money he went for in his earlier in his career so it's only a summer or so since he was playing against England in the Nations League third place playoff um, of the finals in fact he missed the penalty didn't he uh, or Jordan Pickford saved it yeah. so that's the pedigree of player Norwich have got on their books but and he's not the only one but just injuries have inhibited his ability and and if you could just said said this to Daniel after the game, and if you could keep the guy fit now and healthy between now and the end of the season, I think he would contribute. There's no two ways about it because it is unrealistic to expect Pookie just to shoulder this burden now week in week out. You can now see the toll it's taken. You know he's missed a few games, he's had a few injuries. He doesn't quite look as razor sharp as he was at the start of the season for me. And is it any wonder, given the workload he's got for club and country? Um, so Dermic could emerge as a very, very useful go-to option um, because there's no doubt he, he has ability. And yes, that was a very routine finish, but you have to have the striker's instinct to anticipate that could happen and be there. It's easy enough then when the ball drops to you. If you haven't made that trigger move, and let's be honest, um, a guy who used to be uh, part of this squad, Dennis Rabeni, I'm pretty sure if he'd have been playing today, he wouldn't have been in the six-yard box because he didn't really convince me he had that top-level movement and anticipation. So, there's a player there, but if he can't stay fit and healthy, then unfortunately we'll still be talking about him in terms of, well, it's not really a move that's worked out, and that would be a shame for all concerned, because as has been proven with Byram again, um, Norwich's recruitment, there's been a lot of criticism of the recruitment they did last summer, setting aside the financial elements to that, that they didn't spend enough money, but, you know, I wouldn't necessarily write off Dermich, it's just that, and who could have foreseen that he would continue to have these injury problems, really, but... You know, let's let's not rule him out completely. He might come in, and if they do keep this this fight going in the Premier League, there might be a game or two where he just comes off the bench and grabs a goal and uses that instincts, and and that could be the difference in the final analysis. Could be could come down to the odd game here or there, and if he does does something that's really notable in 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 what Farker's calling the little miracle, then we'll all look back on that as a very good piece of business. Yeah, uh, I think you could describe him similarly to Marco Stephenman today in that there was uh, a mixture of good and bad but there were plenty of, plenty of effort there wasn't there so and, and interestingly I mean we sort of talked about this briefly but we, we won't focus on it for the minute because we could have plenty of time to talk about relegation sadly um, if things don't go well in the next few weeks but 
should Norwich go down to the Championship and Team Ibuki gets a move, you know, he does well at Euro 2020, there is a good chance that they will be able to keep hold of Josip Dermic because of his injury problems. And you never know, he could be the Pookie of the Championship next season. But let's park that for, for the time being. Uh, Stevenman should have made it 3-0 straight afterwards, shouldn't he? Have, uh, fired or it was deflected just wide, um, but he should have been scoring, really. And then the, the goal that Burnley pulled back is, is kind of a comedy of errors, isn't it? If we didn't laugh, we'd cry, I think. It's, it's one of those, isn't it? They've had about six opportunities to clear the ball. Um, in the end, it eventually works its way out to Eric Peters. And I mean, it's a fantastic finish, to be fair yeah, to him, on the volley. Um, first time, straight in the bottom corner. Brilliant, uh, fantastic. The, it proved to be a um, little more than a consolation in the end. But uh, yeah, for me, it just goes to show, and, and you touched upon discussing relegation there, and I, I certainly don't want to speak about it, but... Um, and it's a point you made earlier, actually, the point that if they do go back down and, and they are sort of tasked with coming back at the first attempt, then they are going to have to add a bit more steel and make themselves a bit more defensively resilient because however however you put it, this is a team that can seize too many goals. It's why they are where they are at the moment. And, um, particularly when the momentum swings, I think, uh, as we've seen in, in games, uh, Wolves, Sheffield United off the top of my head, um, both at Carroll Road, when the momentum swings and... They can't quite manage those periods to uh, to ride them out and ensure that they're, they're still either in the game or, or certainly in a, in a position where they can extract points from it. So I think that's, that's going to be important going forward. Um, yeah, it was just a, a calamity of errors, really. Um, but thankfully, we, we don't have to dissect it any more than that because, um, because uh, they, they won the tie, and that's the most important thing. Thankfully, after that, Norwich did see it out reasonably well. Yeah. Daniel Farker rolled through his substitutes. He brought Pucky McLean and Duda. Duda on. Thank you, Pad. <laughs> I do call that, yeah. very, um, very rare I do get one right. I just thought Stieperman in that 10-15 minute spell was very poor. He was giving the ball away. Well, him and Dermish looked pretty knackered, didn't they? Well, yeah, but for me, that kind of symptomatic of him in this level, I think. He's not... I don't need to open that can of worms, but, but <laughs> it, it, he just... It doesn't, and the contrast when Duda came on, that instant control and ability to see, yeah, just quality, unfortunately, is what it boils down to. And that's why, ultimately, they brought the guy in. And Daniel's been open and honest. He says he loves his players, but haven't really cut it, those ones who've had a go in the number 10. Um, and that was, yeah, that was crying out for me. And, and as you rightly say, DF, you know, he does get a lot of uh, stick for, for his substitutions, but I thought he got that one spot on today. Yeah, and he was actually pointing them into the corners as well wasn't he there was there was actual game management going on in those final yeah. stages yeah and that's that, that's a phrase I used uh, I thought they were very good allied to maybe we said tongue in cheek walking away from Turf Moor maybe Burnley didn't fancy a replay and, and played like a team who didn't fancy a replay in the sort of final five minutes or so but no I thought Norwich saw it out with few alarms and, and there was a parallel there with, for me with when Tottenham got their noses in front midweek Norwich didn't really lay a glove on them, did they, air after? And Mourinho talked about the game management. And it's good to see a Norwich side sort of practising a little bit as well. Yeah, and just to finish on with the with the FA Cup game as well, was is the attendance, which is only just over 8,000, wasn't it? Um, Turf Moor holds 22,000-ish. They got just under 20,000 when they beat Leicester 2-1 in the league the week before. But Tony, you had a look at the ticket prices for this one, didn't you? And that possibly explains why there was only sort of 8,000 there which is sad for the FA Cup really isn't it yeah I mean in comparison going back to Newcastle where they put their prices at a tenner and sold out I mean the cups both cups have increasingly become like a side piece now people don't really care but you you went through all those chances that 
is an entertaining game. Yeah, oh, it was, yeah. Put a full crowd in there, and suddenly it's a, it's a really good cup game. But because there was only 8,000 there, it's just going to be forgotten in history, isn't it, really? And what were the prices? It was £20 for a general sale and £15 for season ticket holders, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. They, yeah, season ticket holders got discounts. So, not terrible, but, I mean, what, they're obviously looking, well, if we get 8,000 in on those prices versus double that on the minimum prices, then what's the difference? It's business at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, they could have just cut it down a little bit more. And the atmosphere in the stadium, the Burnley fans really just didn't didn't seem up for it, did they? And they were quite quick to get on their team's back and moan about it. Yeah, they, 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 to me, almost in, embodied Deitch's feelings about the competition. I, I don't think that he, particularly come full-time, I don't think he, he was too fussed at the fact they were out of the competition. I know that, obviously, they've won a couple of games in the last week and that sort of pushed them... Um, into a position now where it looks like they're going to stay up but I, I don't think that he is too uh, bothered I, I suppose about that competition because ultimately it's, it's always going to be about survival for Burnley and, and staying in the Premier League and if they do that for him that's job done um, what, what I would say about the attendance is I think it was um, and I, I'm going up with my unofficial attendance but it, it seemed to be about a, a thousand strong uh, Norwich fans who, who travelled up for Norfolk I'd, I'd say that's some effort considering the distance, uh, there, there was also, um, I can't remember the exact numbers for Preston, but it was around a similar number, wasn't it? So yeah. when you consider those two ties, I mean, that is, that's incredible support for, um, especially considering people are saying the competition is dying. I think that um, Norwich City supporters have, have definitely proven that, that they've got a, a first for it. And uh, I, thought that, I thought they were tremendous. Obviously, that patches again because it, it's difficult to sort of chant through 90 minutes if you don't have anything to bounce off. Uh, and that was kind of what it was like. But... Um, they, they did at the end there was, there was some nice things with, with Farker as, as we, we've become accustomed to after a win but to, to come all that way I, th I think they deserve to see a win and, and I think they'll certainly go home glad that they, they did see that game today because as, as Tony said it was a very entertaining game of football one thing you do always get with these games in the northwest, of course, is the Northern Canaries, which is a strong supporters group. But we did see a flag before the game as well, didn't we? With the Dundee Canaries, which is not one I've seen before. So uh, fair play. That's, uh, uh, that's you know Norwich fans pop up all over the world, as as we know. How many times? I'm sure if you guys listening as Norwich fans, have you been on holiday and you've seen another Norwich <laughs> fan wearing a shirt or something? I remember my dad telling me that uh, he went on holiday to the Canary Islands and then thought it would be you know fitting to wear his Norwich shirt on a day that they went on like a bit of a, a trek on like the base of some hills or something like that I, like, you know some some kind of length, lengthy walk and he's on this path in the middle of nowhere and what does he see coming down the path in the other from the other end but someone else who'd had the same idea and thought they'd wear their Norwich City shirt because they're in the Canary Islands. That reminds me of my lucky Chelsea shirt I used to have as a kid. I, I was. Be I think I was at. <laughs> I think I was on holiday at a zoo with my parents. Your parents took you on holiday to a zoo. Well, we were on holiday somewhere. And we went. To, <laughs> they went to a <laughs> zoo. We got a new one for you. <laughs> no, we were on holiday, and one of the activities we went to a zoo. Right. And um, I went to get an ice cream with my sister, and. <laughs> And your parents were gone. Yeah. <laughs> and the person serving the ice cream supported Chelsea, and I was wearing my Chelsea shirt, so they gave me an extra free scoop. <laughs> I knew, what, why did I not surprise that food would lay at the centre of this story? So that was my lucky Chelsea shirt. Okay. Why did you have a lucky Chelsea shirt? You're a Newcastle fan. No, because that, that was luck. That's why it became lucky. Right. Okay. Okay. Oh, no, I just had a big collection of football shirts when I was younger. Okay. They probably won the league that year, did they? No, it was Autoglass. It was 
proper Ooh. old one, like FA Cup team, and that's uh, that's Hullet and um, yeah, Viali. Yeah. I'm a, I'm I'm a young <laughs> young <laughs> avid shirt collector. <laughs> Well, there we go. Um, <laughs> what, what, what were we even talking about before I went down that route? But well, but anyway, I digress. We were we were putting supporters. the supporters, yeah, the, the Dundee Canaries. We salute you for uh, for getting to turf more. Um, and yeah, well done to the Norwich fans, and they were they were really enjoying it at the end. Great reception, enjoying the Farker waves as you must after a win as a Norwich City fan. So uh, a nice positive day um, uh, again provided. For to us by the FA Cup for for us in the media and for the fans and for the players. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's nice because it has been a tough season at times. So let's uh, let's enjoy it as much as we can. And the one thing we can say is that if Norwich get a home tie in the fifth round, they will most certainly be more than eight thousand there. I would be shocked if there was less than twenty thousand at Carrow Road for a fifth round tie, whoever it's against. So. Um, different worlds we can say from true crime to football brexit to folklore for more great podcasts from archant head to audioboom.com slash channel slash archant talking stadiums we went to a rather nice one on wednesday night didn't we it's been a busy old week um the tottenham hotspur stadium sixty-two thousand with its bright lights uh paddy what did uh, what did you make of our of our visit yeah, we like that. We like that. We didn't partake in these uh, self-filling beer glasses. I'll put that on record. Yeah. Far too professional. Um, but yeah, the only downside on that evening was the result because the performance was excellent um, for the main. But uh, yeah, in terms of the stadium, I mean, they're, they're trailing it as the best state football stadium in the world, and it probably is, given it's literally in its infancy. But. Um, from our point of view what we need to make our job pleasurable it had everything and more and uh, I'll pass you over to Tony Frussell the culinary <laughs> expert who can talk about the food <laughs> well let's let's not, let's not talk about the uh, free food that we're lucky enough to get <laughs> um, but it was weird wasn't it being in the press room it, it was like a posh restaurant or something airport uh, that, yeah an airport lounge yeah that's quite a good the whole place to me felt like I was at a concert or a, an event or something like that I didn't didn't really even during the game didn't really feel like I was at a football match no where we were sitting you couldn't feel the air you know in Burnley today you could feel that you're outside in the cold but there it was like you're undercover you were detached a bit but that's that London isn't it boy (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it's always warmer in London it was a very touristy atmosphere as well that's what it felt yeah I mean all of the all of the big clubs Man United Arsenal I'm sure uh who are the other big clubs? Uh, I don't know about Liverpool. Would you say? Yeah, no, I, w- I didn't get too much of that at Liverpool, but I suppose it was a lot of hype that night, wasn't it? Because it was the yeah. first game and they were celebrating as European champions. But certainly Manchester United, that was noticeable, and at Tottenham. And that is something that I haven't liked about the Premier League. The atmospheres, although last year we were kind of spoiled, weren't we? Because all the games meant something, you know, like the, the, the atmosphere at Leeds when Norwich won that one, that was probably the start of that match was one of the most electric atmospheres that I've ever experienced so um, I think comparing championship atmospheres and, and Premier League they are they are quite different but um, yeah 2-1 defeat in the end Connor um, but um, a, a, a positive performance I certainly felt it feels like not everybody has, has agreed with that but I really felt that they were unlucky to not get a point oh yeah they, they should have got uh, a point definitely I don't think there's, there's a case to say that they should have got all three but, but certainly a point and it boils down to again doesn't it those missed chances because they had so many 
um, of, of those. Um, as, as, as he can't wait. He's opened his cream egg already. <laughs> well, you, the size of it, you'll get through it in, the, in about <laughs> 30 seconds. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, but no, I, I, thought they, I thought they were tremendously unlucky. There's, there's some really nice uh, passages of play. I, I felt they, they hurt Tottenham as well um, in, in wide areas. Uh, they, were, they were good in possession. They were good going forward. From from open play, they they were pretty solid as well. It's 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 a shame, particularly about the second goal because I mean it, it ricochets off of Simmons' uh, leg. As he, I mean, he had no right to make the block. I don't think, and for it to loop, I mean, it can loop pretty much anywhere apart from where it does. And and Son happens to be waiting at the back post, completely unmarked, to, to just nod it in. And and that is the fine margins that haven't fell for Norwich City uh, this season. And. Um, I, I think that there is certainly an argument I've, I've seen it been made in, in recent days that Norwich could be the, the best team to finish bottom in the Premier League if they do finish bottom but because it, it just feels like they're, they're so so close to where they need to be and I felt uh, Wednesday night was another example of them being perhaps not as close as they need to be but I mean we're talking fractions away from, from being good enough but it's another missed opportunity um, I mean it was always going to be a relative free hit because of the expectation that, that Tottenham have and um, certainly with, with Jose Mourinho and, and the calibre of players they have even though they're, they're in a bit of a maybe ruts a bit strong but even though they're perhaps lost their way a little bit there's still expectation they're still bringing on Christian Eriksen so Norwich did very well it was a good performance and I think that was the main thing ultimately anything they got in terms of a result would have been a bonus it was just about keeping the confidence and the momentum and I certainly felt they did that well I'm looking forward to Newcastle next weekend. There's no doubt about that. I'm really, really intrigued to see what happens. I mean, clearly, if Norwich get a big result, then this, this season is, is very much alive and kicking. Tony, marks out of 10 for your cream egg? Um, well, it's been a while, so I'm going to say 9. That was really nice. Nine. Yeah. Considering how fussy you are with food, <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed with that. What were you going to say, sorry? Um, set pieces. Newcastle are good at set pieces, so right. Norwich. Beware. Yeah, <laughs> they haven't been good at set pieces defending cleaned up a bit recently but yeah absolutely well I think that'll do us for this week thank you very much for listening uh, whether you're listening via the Pinkham website or on Future Radio 107.8 FM uh, we really do appreciate you uh, joining us every week and we're going to do Newcastle a little bit differently aren't we we're going to stay over on the Saturday night so we'll be able to uh, have a bit more of a relaxed pod we may, might, may even do a slightly longer one I, I guess because we're staying up in a hotel in Newcastle on the Saturday night but we shall uh, we shall see how things go. Um, thank you very much. Uh, FA Cup draw Monday night. Um, if you haven't, if that hasn't already passed by the time you uh, listen to this, if it has, then head over to pinkin.com to find if out who it, it is. Has, then that's a really good draw for Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lovely home draw. Isn't it a lovely home draw? Or ah, oh, it's a bad draw. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible away draw that, isn't it? Yeah. Edit as applicable, but. <laughs> Once that's out of the way, we will very much worry about Premier League matters and whether Norwich can start the little miracle. As Paddy said earlier, as Daniel Fark has been saying, he believes in miracles. <laughs> Who sings that? Hot chocolate, was it? Don't, don't ask. Yeah, I, believe, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think the... Tony should sing, a, sing that out when the pod. Nah, copyright. Who's going to sing um, <laughs> Que Sera Sera? Oh, yeah, we're going to do that, won't we? Yeah, we'll, we'll save that until they get to Wembley. The Norwich fans were certainly singing that today. That would be a nice treat, uh, a Wembley trip before the end of the season. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Thank you very much for listening. We'll catch up with you very soon.